What's your revolution? Revolutionaries was good. Today's episode is brought to you by the Rogue Media Group, which is a veteran-led integrative marketing agency with affiliated networks that reach nearly 1 million multicultural professionals, business owners, and public policymakers. RMG, as it's affectionately known, was founded in 2013 by my dude, Maximilian Hamilton, and has grown from a single offering to a multifaceted media company that offers everything from media planning and buying to written content development, sponsorship consulting, and conference development, as well as digital marketing, custom video, DEI strategy, personal branding, and speaker sourcing. RMG's signature program, one that I was able to MC last year, is the fifth annual Fuel, the Ultimate Men's Summit. It will take place this year in November, the 9th through the 12th, 2023, in Houston, Texas. The annual summit is a gathering of 500 plus CEOs, professionals, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. Participants will explore and discuss advancing the mobility of black professionals, entrepreneurs, and business leaders. The summit will include a golf outing, panel discussions, keynotes, breakout sessions, and awards recognition, and guess this, a celebration of hip hop's 50th anniversary. To learn more about RMG and Fuel, the Ultimate Men's Summit, visit www.roguemg.com. And now, let's get ready for the show. Stephen A. Hart, my dear brother, my friend. What's your revolution? My vision going into my 30s was solely focused on the material. And today, it's focused on the impact. Right? It's focused on the, the, the legacy I live and leave. And it has not, it doesn't really have to do with the monetary. I can't bring that with me. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolution? Welcome to the What's Revolution show. So for men and the people who love them, we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. Where people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corporal. As we always say, what's good, revolutionaries? I hope all is well. And that you're finding your community and that you're doing your thing with your people. I won't go through my usual diatribe because I wanna I wanna I wanna dig down deep into what I just said. Finding your people and being in community. And if you remember last year, revolutionaries, I was I got this uh, auspicious invite to come on the Trailblazer FM show with this luminaire that we're going to have today as my guest, Stephen A. Hart. And he brought me on to talk, you know, really understand what we are doing with What's Your Revolution and why you are here with us fulfilling what we think is the most thought-provoking question of your life. He and our good friend, our mutual good friend, Sean Dove, who we have tremendous affection to. And Sean, thank you for being an ardent supporter of not only of Stephen, but mine as well. 
and he was able to bring us together. And that day, for some reason, Stephen, Sean, and I put together something, as my friends would call it. They said, you've got it. You've, you've hit your moment. It was on that show, on the Trailblazer.fm show, which is now I Am Black Success, where I was able to flourish and really, really tell the best story about what your revolution is. And I have been dying, dying to have this brother on, to thank him and bring him on so you can hear who Stephen A. Hart is, personal branding extraordinaire, superior, revolutionary than himself, but the host of I Am Black Success, who has been interviewing just the most amazing, look, the most amazing revolutionaries that we can find across the diaspora to tell their stories of how they are moving themselves and moving their communities into a better space. So, like I said, we're going to just jump in and say, Stephen A., heart my dear brother my friend my friend like you know and look we got to see each other at the recording of this show in denver at podcast movement we have been talking at length but we had never met each other in the embrace that we had it was like two old it was like homecoming it was like two old friends so what's good brother how are you i am great brother i appreciate that introduction <laughs> Like I was saying to you last week, we should have had a, a H6. We should have had a recorder <laughs> yeah. right there yes. capturing the conversations that we, we shared in last week. But it was great to m- finally meet you in mm-hmm. person and um, and share as creators that space yeah. at, at Podcast Movement. Yeah, it is. And everybody was like, I showed some pictures. That, like, Is that your brother? I was like, I was like, <laughs> we sure look like brothers in that picture. Yeah. Man. I was like, uh, I wish, I, I, I wish, he, he, like he's he's the younger, he's the younger version. <laughs> he's, I, I would be the older brother in this. He don't got no gray. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There, there, there's some fuzz coming in now, man. <laughs> hey, own it, own it. Look, I always like to just begin this question. I'm gonna get to our signature question in a second, but. You know, we don't ask this question often to each other, but how are you? I am blessed. Um, There is a lot that has challenged me in the past six weeks uh, that surprised me Mm. in this season. Um, And there's so much that I'm, I'm extremely grateful for in this season. Uh, as I'm talking to you, I am coming through a day where I'd opened up about and been a bit vulnerable mm. uh, earlier today across social about the journey I've been on over the last six weeks uh, where I walked into an annual physical at yeah. now 46 years yeah. old yeah, uh, thinking, hey, you know, I'm in great health. I'm in great shape Been doing all checking a lot of boxes and, um, and realizing that not everything was great. And so spent the last, you know, my, um, I'd say the last six weeks, just really focusing inward Mm. even more, um, really looking at what I might have thought was good and vetting that, Hey, you know what? There's a lot that I need to peel back. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of work stress yeah. impacting my health. Um, there was 
a lot of things that I could control even more, namely my diets. A lot of us as black men, right? We'll go work out. We'll hit the gym. We'll go for a run. But, you know, especially as a Jamaican, I've, I've, I've actually been getting a lot of, a lot of Jamaican people saying, Hey, I, I don't know if, you know, you earn, you need to earn back your Jamaican badge if you're going to stop eating rice and peas <laughs> and you're going to stop eating hard old bread, right? Yeah. And your, your beef patties. Mm. Um, but hey, you know, that the, the sides of, uh, my parents, the hereditary elements yeah. of um, the health play coming coming home, uh, you know, and and just when you ask me how I'm doing, that's those are things that I'm looking at right now. Yeah. I'm looking through the lens of hey, you know, how how do I start to make some long term adjustments uh, to make sure I'm here uh, for the long term? Because yes. as a dear friend said. Charles, I I have two weddings to attend. Mm, yes, I, I, you know, for everyone listening, I have two young crumb snatchers. <laughs> I have a nine year old and a thirteen year old, and I want to be around for them. Yeah, for the long haul. So, doing all I can right now, brother, to to take care of me in the mental, in the physical, mm. um, and on all fronts. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, you know. Um, when we think about longevity mm-hmm. and when we think about longevity for folks that look like you, they look like you and me and that look like you and me knowing the statistics, you know, and who thinks that two, two prominent podcasters are, are going to get on a conversation and begin to talk about health. But, um, but it's important. I, th- I think it's important because, when you're in spaces and doing what the things that you and I do and you have elevated status, you're a husband and you're a father, uh, you're an executive, a high-level executive, you have this wonderful, wonderful podcast that's impacting folks. And sometimes you don't realize all, all the things that you're doing at one time. And it, it is in those conversations, Stephen, that I never realized that when I start to list the litany of things that I'm doing, I'm like, I'm doing all of this at one time. Mm-hmm. And that we can forget to eat, to take the medicines, to, to sleep, to sleep, right? And how prominent sleep is, as you're saying, in, in our longevity. And then when you, you think you're feeling good, and I've been talking to Dr. Batts, my recurring guest about, he was a cardiologist, one of the most prominent cardiologists in the country, is that high blood pressure is the silent killer mm-hmm. that we are, you know, we look good. We're looking in the mirror. We look good. We feel good, but our, our, our blood vessels are working too hard. Our heart is working too hard. And so I appreciate you saying to the listeners is that to revolt and evolve, you have to look inward. Yeah. yeah. You have to look inward with yourself and that, Longevity. If the revolution is I want to live a life that is going to allow me to see my children be partnered and to hopefully provide grandchildren, right? Mm -hmm. So I can continue to be a beacon of light for them. What do I have to do now? What are those things that I have to do now that I can show up for my wife and partner? 
you know, because it, you know, as Kishana Palmer said, you know, when we think about our health, you know, that is that is that is showing our partner love if we are thinking about our and we're taking care of our own health, because we know as we get down the road, as we as we become as we age, caregiving is, becomes one of the biggest stressors of life. How do I take care of my partner? So how do we show love to them by taking our care of ourselves now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that and, and for the brothers listening in, because I, I, I shared that very openly today. It's very vulnerable in a social media post. And there's so many DMs and text messages that came my way mm-hmm. following it. There are a lot of brothers, man, that hit me back and said, look, you know, I, I, I in a similar boat, mm-hmm. And I chose to ignore what my doctor was telling me. And it continued the blood pressure issues, the heart, you know, continued to go in the wrong direction. Hey, look, stop. No, no, no reason for us to be stubborn about it. (laughs) Right. It immediately, I, cause look, they put me on BP meds and I think I was sharing with you two weeks later, it was still high. Yeah. Tell that story. And I was like, look, tell that story. So I, I walk in to my annual physical, my BP readings were high. And a lot of times I walk in and the white coat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Got that myself. He's high. So, and he's like, all right, let's, let's wait. Let's see, you know, how this adjusts going, you know, 30 minutes in, it's still high. So he prescribed, um, you know, a, a, a drug, um, a little Cinepril and, um, couple weeks later i was having some i was traveling having some some back pains and just decided before my follow-up with my primary to see if this drug was working i walk into urgent care to get some muscle relaxers for back pain my bp is now like 170 over 111 and um Let's say my primary isn't a black man, <laughs> but the the doctor in urgent care was, and um, he said, "Hey, you know, this drug doesn't always work on black and brown people. Mm. Your BP is still very high. You might want to consider a calcium blocker." And Charles, I walked back into a primary, and you know, we had a discussion. And I did go on a calcium block and it did begin to lower it, you know, a week and some later, but just to kind of make sure I was on the right path. Cause I was, I was con- kind of concerned about, um, my primary not being a hundred percent on what I'd heard this other narrative, you know, this other doctor sharing went and saw another black man, third doctor. And he echoed the exact same sentiment and said, hey, you know, uh, us black and brown men sometimes mm. don't respond to, you know, the, that that particular drug. Yeah. And um, almost exact same narrative. It's like, hey, you need you may need a calcium block on the blessing in it, um, it. It started to work. Yeah. But while I I, I didn't wait for the drug to, you know, take its start doing what it needed to do. I came home 
following that in that second visit and said, there's a lot that I can control and I need to make that shift for my wife, for my family, for myself. I woke up the morning after and I said, today is going to be day one. Mm. Not one day I will. (laughs) Today I will. Love it. Today I will begin to do an intermittent fast. And I'm going to teach my body to consume between 12 and 8. Today I will pause on caffeine. No soda, no coffee for a little bit. Today I will, what we touched on earlier, no rice, no bread, no pasta for a little bit. And just made a decision to consume fruits, greens, meat. Yeah. In the space of one month, Charles, I've shed 16, 17 pounds. Now, a year, December of last year, to the summer of this year, I'd been lifting and doing cardio three, four times a week. In a six-month window, struggled to lose 10 pounds. Hadn't been addressing the diets. Yeah. In the space of three weeks, three weeks, making those, those, those diet shifts yeah. and that weight just came right yeah. off. Yeah. What they say, abs are built in the kitchen. <laughs> Ain't no lie, man. But that's, that's, you know, some of the things that I did in addition to the medication, um, you know, I've seen the results and feeling a lot better. In, in addition to I'm, I'm walking. Yeah. I'm walking, I'm getting up in the morning. Um, I'd battled with anxiety and, and depression three years ago um, when I was caretaking for my own dad. Yeah. And, um, and I found that anxiety, right, is us projecting a future what-if scenario that oftentimes won't ever exist, right? In, we're projecting that into our future. And so to to put myself in the present, I'd go walk, mm. go hug a tree. Yeah. Right? yeah. And it would bring me right into the present moment and remove the what if that I was, I was living in. And so now in the chaos of all that, of course the anxiety starts, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. what if, what if, what if. And so I was like, you know what, every morning I'm going to get up, I just go for a walk. And for the last month, been getting up most mornings by 7 a.m. Just grabbing my AirPods, listening to mm. great podcasts like this mm. one, mm. and taking a three-mile walk. Yes. And it's it's been so tremendously helpful. Yeah. But I, I thank you for sharing that story because the the our listeners are a, a cadre of different folks who are taking on life like, like you and I are, and they're strivers, they're movers and shakers. And to pull back the veil of our lives and to see where we need to fix it, you know, is, is, is one thing, but the other thing is to say, when I am fixing this, when I am fulfilling this revolution, that somebody else is watching this. Right. That somebody else is going to see this, what you just said, you know, when we post this on YouTube or wherever, they're going to see this and say, wait, Stephen's going through this 
revolution of himself and look at him. He lost 16 pounds. He's walking. He's taking care of it. He's overcoming anxiety. Wait a minute. He can do it. So can I. And, and, and that is, that is a beautiful thing for us to hear and see one to admit that I'm not a superhero. I'm not perfect. I got things going on. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've got the frailties of life, but I am still going to move forward because my health is, I can't do what I want to do in the world if I am unhealthy. I'm, if I'm not here. If you're not here. <laughs> I walked out, I went to see, I went to see my orthopedist yesterday, yesterday, and I walked out and there was this uh, gentleman sitting and I was like, what's up, brother? How are you? He said, am I breathing? And I was like, yeah, if you're talking. <laughs> if you're talking and he said that, that I'm doing, it. then I'm doing all right. And those are the things we have to be grateful for. Yes. Right? Yeah. Those are the yeah. things that we have to be grateful for. So I appreciate it. And I wanted to make sure that I highlighted that story because, you know, we had a, we, we talked about it at the link as we, as we had lunch at podcast yeah. movement. I wanted to talk a little bit before we jump in. Like my folks hear that, that, that beautiful Jamaican accent. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. Um, I had Wayne Dawson on the show. He's also Jamaican, a wonderful, uh, big coach. up to my brother yeah, Wayne. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne is, Wayne is an amazing, that show, Wayne, Wayne Dawson. I love, you've got to, uh, activate. <laughs> yeah. I love Wayne, but just tell us a little bit. Who is Stephen A. Hart? Yeah. Born and raised in Kingston, Jamaica. Mm. Uh, Son of a chef and creative genius. Uh, I can cook, not like him. (laughs) But the blessing is a lot of uh, who I am today is fueled by his, you know, DNA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, For him, he has, you know, created primarily through food uh, and, you know, done um, a thousand weddings over 40 years, right? (laughs) I mean, thousands and thousands of brides, but he's equally talented. uh, Charles as a florist, as a decorator, Mm -hmm. as a playwright, as an actor. For me growing up, all those creative elements uh, you know, poured into me, uh, spun up into what you see today. Yeah. Right. Um, and my, my creative, uh, elements of podcasting and all the other things that I do, I was actually a child <laughs> actor. What? For a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and now I, I run from this stage, <laughs> but, but grew up in Jamaica, left, um, when I was 16 and, um, and I've been in the States for, for 30, 30 years now. Wow. Moved here in, in 93. Um, somebody who's just never been, you know, the entrepreneurial gene mm-hmm. of my dad again, is the, I've just never really been, uh, content mm, striver with, with one, you know, driving in one lane. Right. Um, came out of college knowing that I wanted to pursue more. And in the space of three years out of college, probably had 12 jobs. (laughs) I did everything. 
I did everything from selling retail to life insurance to collections door to door to you name it. I've probably touched it. Yeah. Eventually found an uncle in um, sales and marketing. Yeah. And um, and over the last 20 years, uh, that's that's grown. And so today, my nine to five, I, um, I head up content marketing for the world's largest cybersecurity mm-hmm. training firm. Um, and content for me, I, I lean to the new media yeah. elements mm-hmm. in video and podcasting and, uh, and live content. Mm-hmm. And many people that are around me in my work world tend to refer to me as a live stream machine because <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I took the element of live stream in the season of, of my dad suffering two strokes mm. and me not being able to create through the podcast yeah. and produced a few hundred live streams uh, for myself and for the company I work for. Uh, so I've now created probably four or 500 live streams wow. at this point. Right. And um, as you shared earlier, eight, almost eight years ago, uh, after, you know, being a serial entrepreneur, um, creating, selling a business and coming back to corporates to just be a good husband <laughs> and, and provide for two young kids. Um. I one day stood in my daughter's daycare, looking to the left and right, seeing accomplished black couples. I live in a really awesome area in in Montgomery County, Maryland, yeah. where there are so many progressive black couples, mm-hmm. right? Black families. And I thought to myself, well, isn't this something? You turn on the television and the shows that this child will watch will tell her that she can be a musician or an athlete. Mm -hmm. Tell that story. Yes. But it doesn't tell her representation of black success in all its forms. Mm -hmm. And I wanted her to see so much more possibilities for her. And that was the, in the words of Sean Dove, the mission fuel. Yeah, yeah there it is. The mission fuel. The, the mission fuel uh, for me starting what was then trailblazers.fm on February 1st, 2016. Mm. And I've since been blessed to interview over 300 amazing wow. black success stories. Uh, men, women in every occupation, in every industry, in many different countries around the globe. Mm. And that's been a blessing to me in so many ways to move from past ventures that I'd taken up that were focused solely on money. And one such, you know, story, the business I told you I, I started and sold. Yeah. Um, I was in my mid twenties thinking that, you know, the, the, the sole mission, the vision for my life before I turned 30 was to become a millionaire mm. that I did. And in my 30th year, there we go. 
and that I lost in my 30th year. And I found myself uh, six months before my wedding, uh, a millionaire promising my then fiance a brown, a million dollar brownstone, (laughs) having a hundred thousand dollar wedding in Jamaica, followed by a very expensive honeymoon cruise in Tahiti coming home to realize that it all went belly up in the summer of 2008 in the middle of that financial financial crisis crisis. And I went from being seven figures up to six figures down weeks into a marriage and saying, Hey, uh, about that brownstone, <laughs> I need. I'm gonna need you to pay the rent till I figure this out. Wow, wow! And I'm I'm here to tell you, we just celebrated 15 years of marriage. Mm, that's a blessing. Right? She never she never walked out, and I you know I tell her every day she could have chose to be like, yo, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> uh, I'm a I'm a hang ha- hand this back to you and and bounce. <laughs> But she stuck with, you know, stuck with me. Right. And, um, and I'm trying to give her that ROI now. Yeah. You ain't lying. You ain't lying. You ain't lying. So I know the revolutionaries are in my ear. Like, wait, we want to hear a little bit of this story about being up a million and then down a couple hundred thousand dollars. Like, like. Can you tell it? Can you give us the, the uh, you know, the, the cliff notes of that? Because, I mean, I think it's it's important to know. Like, you, like you said, I'm 30. I just sold a company. I'm a millionaire. I didn't sell the company at the time. No, so um, I was running a company. I was running a, a trading advisory, and um, we had invested in other funds, oh. and there was another fund that we made a pretty large investment mm-hmm. in and the head trader of that fund was embezzling money. Oh, and that, that cost us several million dollars. Oh, wow. And the hit to that took us b- below a threshold that we had promised our investors yeah. that if we had gotten to that level, we'd fold. Um, and we had to go and it went below um, kind of that threshold. And so we had to cut, you know, into our assets yeah. to make investors whole. Um, and by the time we had done that, it, it put us in the red. Yeah. That's tough, and brother. we were able to, um, you know, we dissolved and we were in debt. Um we did reboot in a different structure and work to rebuild a business. I spent the next two years putting in, you know, 16 to 18 mm. hour days, seven days a week, rebuilding the structure. Um, just, I realized that, you know, there were things about that, that, and it was a business partnership that weren't healthy mm. that, um, you know, we didn't, that partnership, we didn't align in our vision, what we wanted. And I got a couple years out where things were starting to rebound. And I realized I was going right back to what was, and that wasn't 
who I was yeah. or what I'd wanted for me for the long term. That was a very difficult decision to say, you know what, I'm going to walk away and start over. Yeah. I'm going to pivot and I'm going to let go and, you know, start a new chapter. Yeah. Revolt and evolve, man. And that's, and that, that was a, that was a really challenging season of life because I, I walked away from also seven years of being an entrepreneur at that point to go back to work mm. for someone else. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the, the evolution of Stephen A. Hart at that point, right. There's a lot of humility, <laughs> right. Going from, right. What I, I told you, you know, to peak to now selling the business, purchasing a home, um, starting a family, supporting a family, trying to support a family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were darker days ahead, yes. right? That, yes. um, you know, I went through and, and, you know, I, I, it, but it, it, it set the stage for a lot of good things, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I, I think by way of those experiences, uh, you know, we both realized, Hey, you know what? We're in it for the long term. Yeah. Let's approach money differently. Um, you know, let's, let's be intentional about, future we want to create for our kids um and early you know early on in that in that darkest of dark valley we said hey you know we're gonna clear our debts and we're gonna save and we're gonna invest and we don't owe nobody no money no more yeah and you know we're very deliberate about saving aggressively yeah um and investing for our kids, for our retirement. And, you know, I don't know if that would be the life that I would, you know, had, had I not gone through some of that, right. I'd be the person I am today. Yeah. I think the struggle, you know, we talk about all the time here on the show about sitting in the discomfort and that struggle, struggle can lead to revolution in our lives. That it, it is, it is the impetus. It is the push. It is the catalyst. It is the, you know, the cliff in front of us sometimes that we got to walk somewhere. We've got to walk differently. We've got to do different things. It pushes us into the next phase of our life. And listening to that story, it's a story of resilience. Um, and I would, I would bet that that story of resilience is also embedded in your DNA from your father. It a hundred percent is um, because, and I've said it to people and they're like, Whoa, you know, careful how you say that. But I genuinely will tell you that man's legacy mm. when he leaves this earth, I have yet to see somebody who's given of themselves in a way that my dad has lived and gift, like he should be a multi-millionaire, <laughs> right? but like his, his, his wealth was in, in, in the, the left hand giving to anybody that was in need yeah. and the right hand don't know. 
Like he wasn't telling nobody, <laughs> right? He didn't need the accolades. He didn't need the recognition. Like it was just in him to, I can't tell you, Charles, how many times I had purchased my dad a really nice suit for an event. And I'd come back to Jamaica a year later and we'd go somewhere and I'd see some, some bread on the side of the hill wearing the suit. Wearing the suits, right? Um, but you know, too, I I will say, trailblazers wouldn't be what trailblazers is because you know I talked to you about my vision going into my thirties was solely focused on the material, and today it is what we talked about at the top of this call. It's it's focused on the impact, right? It's focused on the. the the legacy I live and leave and it has not, it doesn't really have to do with the monetary. I can't bring that with me. The beauty of trailblazers is like you said, you walked into your, your, your child's school and saw all of these prominent, successful, beautiful black folks one with their children, but two also quietly showcasing that there is a cadre, there, there, there's a cadre of success that may not be illuminated. And oftentimes as entrepreneurs, what do we do? We fill gaps. Right? We fill a space. We give people an opportunity to see and hear things that they may never have seen before. You've been doing this for what, 16, this is seven years, seven years. And, and people are flocking to, you know, they're flocking because they want to tell their stories on I Am Black Success now. After seven years, what are some of the themes that you have been able to distill with all of these conversations that my revolutionaries might be able to take away when they're thinking about building success for themselves, their communities, and the world. Yeah. It's a great question. And it's actually been the fuel for courseware I've developed yeah. um, by way of seeing those common threads, you know, that have come through the, the, the show and the content. Um, at the core, one of the, 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 the things that is, is most commonly seen amongst those success stories that I've highlighted so many of them have designed a future that they wanted to live, mm. right? They were clear about their purpose, mm. about their vision, about the goals that they wanted to achieve. And look, you know, so many of us write down a vision. We create this amazing vision board. Mm. But the difference with these people is that, you know, that vision is so clear that that North star is ahead of them. And, you know, when they run into the roadblocks of life, they keep their foot on the gas mm, and keep going. Yeah. Right. And I could play clip after clip after clip of people who said, I just kept going. Right. And why they kept going because they had clarity in what it was that they were trying to pursue yeah. and they understood why it was important to not stop 
until they achieved that vision, right, for themselves. And the other side of it is understanding who you're trying to serve, right? Um, As a marketer, I get that, right? Uh, Developing content, developing, uh, you know, a campaign to promote a product, I need to know who I'm speaking to. And those people definitely know who they're trying to serve, who they're trying to impact. Um, and lastly, you know, we, I, I would tell you, um, they understood what they were going to pursue. Mm. They had tremendous focus. Yeah. I, I love to, I don't know if you've heard the analogy for focus, follow one course until success. Oh no, that's the first time I've ever heard at 52. I've never heard that before. Follow one course until success. Oh, that will be the mantra for the rest of my life. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, I, you and I were creators. Yes. Entrepreneurs. And so, you know, all too well, you're going to wake up one day and the shiny light of this new idea mm-hmm. comes to mind. Yeah. And in my 20s, it'd be a 360, right? I, this is all I'm going to focus in on now. And then, Three months later, it's another shiny light. You could never focus on one thing long enough. Yeah. Right? And look, you know, we need to get really clear. I like to, te- you know, now I teach students of of my, my coursework. Look, list all the things you want to accomplish. Right. Inventory all the things. But when you inventory all the things, you got to know, prioritize mm. what you're going to pursue. Yeah. Right. And, um, and that becomes, you know, what you, you, you can't prioritize more than three things at a time. Right. You can, you can have a list of all the things you want to accomplish, but there is research that tells you you can't prioritize more than three of those top Mm -hmm. things that you want to accomplish at a time, right? Or it becomes noise. You get nothing done. And so those are some of the top things, man. You know, when you talk about, you know, um, the success stories that I've seen, that's the running, you know, those things, those, those, those things run through every man, woman, entrepreneur, leader, creator that I've spoken to who have succeeded. Yeah. Um, those are just a few of the things that, you know, I've seen that run, run, run through all of them. Yeah. I, I, I love that. A revolution is, it is an interesting thing that that when you have the ability to then historically do a deep dive to distill down those characteristics, it's so, it's so key to see when you have, you have qualitative research. Mm Mm-hmm. And then be able to produce that and 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 give that out to folks who really want to truly be successful. That's what that's the beauty of I am Black Success, right? And I love the I love the rebranding from the rebrander from the brander. You know, <laughs> you think you, you think about this. This is your bailiwick. This is this is what you have thought through to say. You know what, Trailblazers is great, but I am Black Success because when you walked into that room with your child. That's what you saw. I saw black success. You saw black you saw black success. 
And why not highlight that with the name I Am Black Success when folks can now walk through the catalog, three years of catalog of folks that have been extremely successful, luminaries, as you said, from all across the world, the Sean Doves, the, the, the Sean Doves of, of the world, you know, who lead people. And it's an interesting story. I, I would love because Sean listens to the show. He's an av- avid listener to both of our shows. But before before we close out, there's a story with Sean that is, is that illuminates you and Trailblazers because oftentimes one of the hardest things for us to do as entrepreneurs when we're building something new is to get backing, to have support. How did Sean support you in, in, in building up, right? Because it speaks to us as podcasters and our mindsets around that and why we still need folks to, hey... You know, as, as Sean says, we need midwives to yeah. birth our dreams out into the world. Yeah. Sometimes you need that person to pull out a can push out on your own. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I met Sean Dove in March of 2016, mm-hmm. about six weeks into podcasting. I was just starting to try and drive awareness. So I'm on Twitter one night and I'm just following all these people. And I followed Sean and a couple hours pass and I get a Twitter DM from Sean that says, I've been looking for you for six months. And I was thinking if I didn't find you, meaning I didn't find this show, I was going to have to create it myself. (laughs) And Sean comes on the podcast as a guest in May of 2016. And he stood at the top of my top five for probably 18 months. Wow. And I want to share this with you. We were both at Podcast Movement a week ago. Mm -hmm. My very first Podcast Movement was in 2016. Wow. So I'm six months into podcasting. I was that newbie on the floor looking for anybody to pour into me. And I walked into a session and, uh, it was about monetization. And somebody said, you can't get sponsorship unless you have 50,000 downloads a month. And mm-hmm. Charles, at the time, <laughs> <laughs> I'm six months in. I didn't have a prior community. I didn't have, mm-hmm. you know, I had a vision, but I was probably seeing a thousand, two thousand downloads a month. Maybe that's even, that's amazing for a beginning, but right. And, and so I leave podcast movement and it could have been a couple of weeks after that. Sean initially reached out to me and said, Hey, are you looking for sponsorship? And I in shame <laughs> heard what this person in the podcast movement discussion said. I said, Sean, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And I dropped it because I was like, I can't tell him I'm only getting this much downloads per show, right? Uh, and so I, I, I leave that there. And January of um, 2017 rolls around. And I kid you not, I wouldn't even tell you I'm praying. I am driving on the highway to work. And I am like, God, 
I need uh, some money. Yeah. Right. I need, um, you know, at the time, I, I think it was like $10,000. I was like, God, I need $10,000 this year to offset editing the show. Yeah. And I, I the hair on the back of my neck stands up every time I think about this. I sit at my desk that morning and within an hour, this is January of 2017, I get an email from Sean Dove that says, he was pissed. He was like, I just got done listening to this show that did a year in review. And it was, and anyone that knows Sean, knows Sean listens to a lot of podcasts. And he was listening to a leadership show and they did a year in review of all the people that they had on the show in the prior year. Not a single person was a person of color. And Sean, in his message, says, Stephen, I am giving you $10,000 to create that episode. That episode. That episode. The episode. Charles, I just don't have a conversation with God and say, yo, I need 10 grand for the year. And Sean, and I pick up, I think I picked up the phone and call Sean right then. Crying. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I'm like, I don't mess with God. Like, (laughs) (laughs) right. I'm like, Sean, this just happened. Right. And this is your response. I will receive the 10 for the year. Right. I I will gladly create this episode. And that was the beginning of Mm. a three year partnership. with The campaign for black achievement and our partnership, um, and Sean continued to support the show and it's been at, you know, from day one has been a, the, one of the biggest champions yeah. of that program. Yeah. It would not have happened or be where it is today without Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, it's Sean. It's interesting that you said earlier on that his show remained very highly rated. Um, when he came on a couple of years ago, like it sat at number one for a long time. You know, and I titled it How to Find Your Midwife. And mm. it is a part of our distillation of how do you fulfill your revolution? And thinking about like that, that tenant right there, finding your midwives, finding your people that will help you birth your dreams out into the world. Because he said, it's not that we have a midlife crisis, is that we have a midwife crisis. Mm-hmm. And I think about so many people that support this show and some people, you know, and I think about my good friend, Dr. Travis Batts, who's my recurring guest and how we talk about all the time, how we each other's midwives, how we pour into each other. If we think about the, I always try to think about themes of the show. We began this by you and I meeting and pouring into each other, finding, finding our midwifery in our, in, 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 in our time at podcast movement. We've talked yeah. about your father pouring into you, and I can always speak to Charles Jr. pouring into me. We talk about Sean Dove and the work that he's done with the Campaign for Black Male Achievement and how he's poured into so many folks. It is important to know that the work that we do and the impact that we make, dear brother, we don't do this alone. No, we don't. We don't. We don't do this alone. And that 
For us to be great, for us to be revolutionary, we must know that bootstrapping does not exist, that our community, that we were born into communities of people that have ancestral history that were built on communal engagement, not independent engagement, but a communal engagement. And for us to come together to be successful, we must think about how do we attract it? And then how do we give out to folks to make sure that we look around and say, you know what, we're building and imbibing and involving ourselves in communities that will uplift the values and principles that we see that we want to have illuminated in the world. And it's so, so important because if I think about I am black success, what does it say? You can determine your success by the five people that are surrounded by you. Mm-hmm. You walk into rooms, you want to say, hmm, how did I get in this room with Ralph Sampson? How did I get in this room with Stephen A. Hart? How did I get in this room with B.K. Fulton? How did I get in this room with Muhammad Leela? It is because we began to say that I can give, I can give something to you. It was never about the ask. And I'm sure with, with Sean, if we talk about, you didn't ask Sean for anything. No. What you did was what you did was go looking for a partner. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that if, if I brought you and Sean on the show, Sean would tell me the story about how much that you poured into him as much as he poured into you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now, look, he is the world's best connector. Yes. I mean, our friendship, you know, was was by way of Sean and there are a dozen others. Yeah. And I realized uh, going to Rumble, Young Man Rumble, I thought, hey, you know, me and Sean got got something. <laughs> Sean's been pouring into me. And then there are 200 people in the room that yeah. say exactly what I felt about this brother. And that is who Sean Dove is. That is who Sean Dove is. To his core. Yeah. Yeah. Revolutionaries, I want you to go check out StephenAHart.com where you can find all about the podcast, his upcoming coursework, um, who this branding extraordinaire, superior, revolutionary is and how you can get involved with his work. I know the course is coming. The course is coming. The personal branding course. We need to be able to tell our stories out to the world. And this brother will help you figure out how to tell that story most efficiently. And so I am... I am tremendously grateful, StephenAHart.com, but I want to say thank you because I have been looking forward to this conversation for so long and meeting you in person last last week at the recording of this. We were out in, out in Denver, the, uh, the middle of uh, August of 2023, and the love and the ability to coalesce brothers, you know, who are going to continue to do great things. You are doing amazing things for us and for me. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for being the revolution that we all need to see. I am grateful to you. I appreciate you. I thank you for continuing to do this work that you're doing and looking forward to what evolves from our time there. We we have some work to do. Yeah. Um, that you know, I, I've I've had a feeling, a good feeling about for some time. So I'm excited. I encourage your community to connect, 
hit me up. Let me know, you know, how I can pour into you. Um, and, and appreciate you, brother. Yeah. But also make sure that you are filling up your own cup because we can pour. We can we can pour. We don't. I can't pour from an empty can't cup. Pour from an empty cup. Make sure revolution that you are taking. We started this conversation. Take care of your health. Go to see your doctors. You know, eat well. You know, as my sleep good, sleep. As my good friend Sonali out in Tulsa says, figure out how you can biohack your life because we trying to we trying to be here. <laughs> and yeah. look, look, and we we trying to we trying to keep this look. <laughs> That's right. We trying to keep this look. Revolutionaries, you know that I love you and that we are here for you. And we want you to be able to answer what we think is the most thought-provoking question of your life. What's your revolution? Go out into the world, right? Do your thing. Find your people. Find your community. We'll see you next time. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. I have I have two crumb snatchers. <laughs> I have I have my uh, little guy who's nine, um, and our daughter Layla uh-huh. is oh, thirteen. I love that. Entering the last year of middle school. Yeah, yeah, and you got a high schooler coming up. And I, I I'm I'm you know gonna start sharpening the machete. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Jamaican machete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not mad at that. I'm not. I'm not mad at that one bit. No. Congratulations to you, man. I look. Appreciate you, man. And I, you know, I got in my head. I was even talking to my therapist about it this week. I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> um, uh, there's somebody there who you'd know. I won't call her out by name, but she's like, Steve, you're so smart. And I'm like, no, I'm not smart. My wife is smart. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And I shared that with my therapist and she's like, Steven, you know, there's different levels to, you know, what you are a smart man. Uh, But I was in my own head. I'm like, you know, I just I just know a lot, Mm. you know, I've I've experienced a lot, but I'm discounting kind of what people valued in those conversations. Um, And I'm I'm just I'm just happy that, you know, if somebody's impacted by it. And the, you know, especially in a room of podcasters, yeah. if I can pour into you and you're going to pour into the 2000 people that are going to hear your voice every, every episode, right. Then I've done my You've part, done. right. Yeah.